TV. Welcome to Roku, Amazon, Apple TV, um, even um, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Spotify. Yeah, we've been, God's been adding some things, not us. We haven't added anything. If you leave it up to me, I'll just take it away. But God is always a God of addition. He's a God of multiplication, never a God of subtraction, except for those that don't want to follow him, that know the truth but refuse the truth. Anyway, um, so we're here tonight. Before we even get started, I'd like to go to the Lord in prayer. Robert, would you like to come up and lead us in prayer? Sure. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we are before your throne, Father. Humble. We need you, my Lord. We need for you to remove the veil of darkness that Satan has yes. put over our yes. mind, over our spiritual eyes. Yes. Lord, we ask you that you will send your angels to surround every family and every place where this is heard. In the name of Jesus, yes. we bind the enemy that will try to come and steal what he has for us. Yes. In the name of Jesus, we cancel every assignment of Satan coming against the word that Jesus Christ has for us. Yes. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, that you will put your anointing, yes. that you will speak to Brother David. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Lord, we humble ourselves to hear you, yes. to hear what you have for yeah. us. Yeah. In Jesus' mighty name, I seal this class with the blood of yes. Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank Give you. God a round of applause. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank um, you, Jesus. Yes, thank you, Lord. Uh, let, let's all stand. Let's all stand. Um, I know what you're thinking out there. You're thinking, how many people are in the auditorium? Well, I'm never going to turn the camera around because it doesn't matter. Where two or more are gathered in my name, there we will be. We have to stop looking at numbers. We have to start looking at what God is doing. Simple song, simple song. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I really thank you. Do you guys know that song? All right, we're going to learn this song. Put your hands together. Oh Lord, I thank you. I really thank you. Well, I just thank you every day of my life. Oh Lord, I thank you. I really thank you. I just thank you every day of my life. When I was hungry, fed me. I was hungry, Lord, you fed me. When I was hungry, Lord, you fed me. When I was hungry, Lord. I just thank you every day of my life. Everybody sing. Oh Lord, I thank you. I really thank you. I just thank you every day of my life. Oh Lord, I thank you. I really thank you. I just thank you every day of my life. When I was blind, you gave me sight. When I was blind, you gave me sight. When I was blind, you gave me I was blind, you gave me sight. I just thank you every day of my life. Come on, y'all. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I really thank you. I just thank you every day of my life. Oh, Lord, I thank you. 
things, but the main thing uh, we're going to talk about tonight is the power of your words. The power of my words. The power of our words. Now, I noticed I, I, I said that in three segments. It's the power of your words as God's child. It's the power of my words as God's child. Then it's the power of the body as God's child. If one of those powers are missing, we got a problem. And folks, we got problems. We got problems. <laughs> we got problems. 
Now, let me explain something to you. This isn't going to be just about a name it and claim it. I don't even believe in name it and claim it. I believe in name it and proclaim it. We proclaim something that already exists. We never claim anything for ourselves. We proclaim things that God has made, that it's all about God. Now, part of this is going to be doing what God needs us to do to move the kingdom forward. But also a part of this is to move us forward. And I'm going to explain that. I did a show Monday, you know, I do a live show. And uh, I'm real happy with the, the, the gathering because we got, uh, we got some good people. My wife's coming up front. Did you want to get some? Oh, you got that. And, and I, I said one too many times to God, thank you for everyone that you've given me. Thank you for the people that come. Thank you for the ears that listen. Thank you for the chat. Thank you, Lord, for what you have given me. And I said that one too many times, and I'll tell you why I said it one too many times. I believe God looked down and he said, I think I've just about heard enough of this. So what happened Monday was spectacular in my life in the way it was earth-shattering and it was monumental. Is that I got phone calls before the show saying, David, did you see what happened on... How many people watch the Grammys? Uh, yeah, nobody watches the Grammys. Nobody watches the Grammys. But anyway, I got tons of calls. Hey, did you see what they do with the Grammys? Did you see? Did you see? What, can you watch that? Can you report on it? Can you talk about it? I said, okay, I'll, I'll look at it. So I looked at it. You know, everybody was claiming they were worshiping Satan, on stage dancing, you know, this and that. And I'm looking at it. And... The flesh of me said, David, report on this and go along with the flow. You see, when they called me, they said, David, you need to watch it because here's the sin. The sin is the fact they're on stage dancing, looking like Satan, dressed in red, uh, 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 half naked. This is what you need to report on. So I watched it. There was a problem. When I watched it, I did not see what they told me was happening. And I'm going to explain this to you. You see, Satan in these last days is using a high level intelligent level of evil. A high level intelligence of evil. And if we are not discerning, and if we do not know warfare... We are not going to understand his tactics. His tactics was not that they were worshiping Satan, although they were. Because anytime you don't worship the Lord, you're worshiping Satan. I don't care what anybody says. You don't need to be in a red suit. <laughs> you don't need to be in a red suit. You can worship Satan, uh, you know, sitting in a church back there. But you see, what Satan does, he creates a diversion. He wanted everybody to go after that dressing in a red suit, dancing around, worshiping Satan. Oh, he loved that. You want to know why? Because all the right-wing Christians, let me explain right-wing Christians. I'm talking about the Christians that are so right that everybody else is wrong. And this is where 
I could start smelling flesh burning that Monday night. I said, God, I can't continue. He said, you will continue. He said, if you don't continue, you got problems. I said, I don't want problems. I said, I'll continue. He said, you, you say what I laid on your heart. I said, Lord, I will. I said, this is not about Satan worship, though they are worshiping Satan. What this is really about is transgender. Because at the end of the show and throughout the show, they were promoting transgender. They were promoting sexual perversion in the world of transgender. Um, Sam uh, Smith got up, who was dressed as Satan. The song was called Unholy. He said, I am, uh, I am anti-binary. Uh, he said, I, I, I don't believe in binary. I don't, I don't believe in man and woman. I believe that everybody is it, right? And then the girl, Kim Petrus, was, uh, got up and said, I am a transgender. I used to be a guy. Now I'm a woman. But you see, nobody caught on to that. They wanted to focus on the guy in the little red suit jumping around like Satan. Do you follow what I'm saying? So what happened is my quote, tribe, start turning against me. Oh yeah, start turning against me. And boy, let me tell you something. When they have a, a, uh, when they, when they have a, a tar and feather meeting, when they have a witch hunt... All it takes is one person to jump in there and you got a whole bunch of people jumping in saying crazy stuff. And you know what God said to me? He said, get used to it because who you think is your tribe just because they say end times and they believe in some things, they're not going to keep moving. God said, I'm a moving God. I'm going to keep moving. I want people that move with me because Satan is always moving. Prowling like a roaring lion. Don't you think he's going to use the same tactics, tactics he used a hundred years ago? No. He's got, he's got a different bag of tricks now, baby. We got things now they didn't have a hundred years ago. He stepped his game up. And this is what he's doing. He's creating a great illusion. Bible talks about He's got, he turns them over to a delusion because they're delusional. But before you become delusional, you have to look at the illusion. And that's what they're looking at. They're looking at something that doesn't exist. Are you guys following me on this? Because it's very intricate. I know you are because you, you, you understand uh, demonic warfare. But this is a hard one for a lot of people. They look at me like a deer in headlights and go, What? Folks, Satan is up to things he's never been up to before. You and I, the elect, are God's recon. We're God's green berets. We're God's navy seals. You don't talk to a green beret or a recon or a navy seal the same way you talk to a soldier on the street. They have different language. They have secret language. They can look at each other and tell what each other's going to do. They will watch each other's back and take care of each other. Even when they feel like their partner may be a little off. Because they're trained that way. Get ready for who you think is your tribe. And who you think is in, within your group. Get ready, because 
you might see some firecrackers go off when God tells you to say and do something that they don't want to hear. Does that make sense? I'm sharing that with you, the power of your words. So God told me, he says, you move forward. You say what I tell you. Uh, you, you. You say what I plan in your heart because that's the power of your words. Your words will shake. Your words will break. Your words will cut to the marrow, to the bone. Why? Because your words is God's words. Our words should come from the word of God. Right? Now, if I'm saying something that is counter the Bible, you, you can pretty much uh, forget it. That, that's not going to happen. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. Be prepared. That's why we as a small group, I gave it away, we are a small group. We as a small group, we must stay tight. We must stay right. We must stay focused on truth. If someone says something that you may not agree with, don't let your flesh in the way and say, I don't agree with this. Go to scripture. Go to God. Go to prayer. Give it time. What Robert preached on the past two weeks, that's a dangerous place to be. Very dangerous. Because you smell flesh burning. It's usually yours. Right. That's right. I, I preach and I smell my flesh burning. Mm-hmm. I tell my wife all the time. I said, and she knows. I said, the things God says through me is not a lot of the things that I do. It's things that I want to do. Anybody that tells you don't say it unless you do it, you need to turn the other way. Because that only happened when you're dead, baby. Yeah. <laughs> when you're dead. <laughs> Yeah, but I did find this. I did find that if I preach enough and I say what God tells me to do, it's easier for me to follow it if I, if I keep speaking it, right? Keep speaking it. All right, let's go to, let's go to Scripture here. Um, Samuel 1, 17. Samuel 1, 17. Um, we're going to get through this rather quickly. I want you to guys there at home or wherever you're at, uh, turn to Samuel 1, 17. And um, we can go around. If you, if you guys would... Um, do you all want to go around and read, or do you want me to read, or what would you like to do? You, you. Me read? Okay, let's go to Samuel one seventeen. Now the Philistines gathered forces for war and assembled at Sacco and Judah. They pitched camp in Eps and Damin between Sacco and Isaiah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah. And drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites occupied another with the valley in between. Folks, this is a symbol, a perfect uh, a drawing of good and evil. You had the Israelites, which is God's army. They represented God at the time. That was the church. And then you had the Philistines. That was Satan. That was evil. Do you see this? God's drawing a picture for us. This is not a story of a cute little boy with a little slingshot and taking down a big giant, although he does. This is not what, you see, Sunday school has taken and turned God's word into a coloring book. God forbid. I don't want to stand next to to the apostate church when Jesus comes back if they have not turned to the truth. I don't want to be near them.
for a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale, of scale armor and bronze and weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and bronze javelin with slug on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels and his shield bearer went ahead of him. This represents the demon in your life that you have to deal with. Now there are many demons around us just like there's angels around us. But there is specific demon that's been assigned to you and to me to take you out. He will keep working on you and he will keep working on you. And the moment you give him an audience, he says, I got it. Do you see what happened Monday night? I sit there on chat. I started looking at the comments and I started getting sucked into this. And all of a sudden God stopped me. He said, do not go any further. That is a Goliath. He will eat you alive. What is your Goliath? What are you struggling with? What are you struggling with? Anybody want to raise your hand and tell me what they're struggling with? What's your demon? You know that show, What's Your Line, years ago? What's your demon? Rejection. Rejection? Fear of rejection. I can relate to that. I don't want to be rejected. What happens is you'll do things, and I'm saying you, but we tend in the flesh to do things, compromise, because we don't want to be rejected. That's what I had to deal with Monday. Rejection? Yes, Faith? You get mad easily? That is called anger. That is called, you know what, Faith, thank you for being honest. You need to check into an anger management program. She's honest. Out of the mouth of babes comes truth. Anger. How many people have dealt with anger? Raise your hand. I deal with it all the time. Ask my wife. Ask my son. I deal with it all the time. What, other, what else? What other demon do we have? Huh? Pride. Thank you. Pride. Yep. Anybody else? Victor, what's your demon? Or a demon that keeps trying to come after you? Depression? Yeah, I can relate to that. Depression, anxiety, worry? Yeah, worry. Anybody else? Guilt is a big one. Guilt? Okay. Pride. Pride? Yeah, pride. Okay. That's the demon. That's your Goliath. Again, let's go back to the scenario. The army of God is the church. That's God's people. The Philistines, that's evil. That's Satan warriors. But out of that always comes a demon. You have a Goliath. Do not think for a moment that you have 50 Goliaths around you and they're all equal. Demons don't share. They go... I want that girl because I know where her weakness is. I'm going after her. Now, they will back him up and he will step out of the way sometimes whenever uh, she's protecting it. And another demon will come in on this side. You see rejection? Well, rejection means, uh, hey, I got her. 
Okay, I got problems with her. Demon of, of addiction, would you come in? Because she doesn't want to be rejected. She's worrying right now. She heads to the refrigerator and she downs 22 Twinkies. Right? Can I use you for an example? I'm not going to No. You see, this is where I get in trouble. Um, no, but, but right. No, listen, I, I, had that, I had a food problem. I did when I was a kid. I wanted to be loved so much, I was rejected. I wore glasses called four eyes, and I ate, and I ate, and I ate. As a kid, I ate, and I got heavy. So what kind of demons was I dealing with? The demon of rejection, then the demon of food, and I got, yeah. And then I got heavy. Now the demon of what? I look in the mirror, the demon of self-consciousness, insecurity. You see, you see how all these demons, they work together, but you have that one that will set you off every time. Now let's get into the words. Let's get into the words. Hey, Goliath stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Satan is always talking to you and to me. The devil is always speaking. Why are you doing what you're doing? You're not capable of doing that. Come on, let's talk about that. And this is the first mistake. Did you ever see Jesus have a conversation with the devil? You don't negotiate with the devil. When he says, send somebody out, do this, you don't negotiate. You do not deal with demons that way. In the name of Jesus, you're gone. You will not come back. In the name of Jesus. See, he wanted a conversation. He wanted to... He was sitting there and he was manipulating. See, for how long were they there? 40 days? And in the, in, in the, 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 God's army was paralyzed. They couldn't move. And the, and the Philistines did nothing except to sit there and mouth. And they were feared because of words. That's the power of Satan's words. The power of his words puts thoughts in our minds and then we become fearful and then we can't move. Then we become confused after a while and then it becomes just an ugly mess, his words. And the Philistines said to this day, I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man, let us fight each other. He will always call out one believer at a time. He will always call out one believer at a time. But the question is, what are you going to do with it? I'll tell you a little story. I do not want you to think that I at all think anything of myself. I don't. I, because of grace, I am here. I do not deserve to be here. If sin had a face, you're looking at it. But if grace has a face, you're looking at it. I'm telling you. So hear that. Now I will say this. And this is how 
I know the power of words works. I was in Hollywood, and I was compromising so much. On Monday through uh, Saturday, I was going to my movie-making David uh, place. Then on Sunday, I would go to the church God place. I had two personalities. Until one night, I crashed and I burned and I melted and I literally died on a bathroom floor in Texas, Georgetown, Texas. I, I, I know I quit breathing. And when I came up, I was shaking. But when I came up, the God David and the movie-making David came up as one. It's called spiritual integrity. But there was a problem with that. No matter where I would go to church, I made people mad. If I went into Hollywood, I made people mad. Why? Because I was who I was. I was finally a Christian with integrity. And what does that mean? How, do, how does that apply? Because I heard Satan saying... Give me one man. I will take him out. So instead of listening to that and being fearful, I said, God, with the power of God in me, you are history. Amen. So with this integrity, no matter where I went, I carried the power of the living God with me. And in Hollywood, demons trembled. I didn't know this was going on. I was all new at this. They became paralyzed. They couldn't talk. I'd walk into a room with homosexuals and transsexuals and any kind of sexual you could think of, except God sexual, God haters. And they were paralyzed. They couldn't talk. And the, and the church people would come up to me and say, David, how does this happen? I walk into a room, they condemn me. I don't want to walk into a room with them. Because I heard blasphemy the living God. And I said, you're done. You are done. You will no longer steal from the families. You will no longer steal. Not as long as I'm standing here and I got the power of God in me. That's what he said this day. I defy God. Is what he said. I defy God. Verse 11, on hearing this, Philistine words saw, and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Because when Satan says, I defy God, the church, the, the apostate church, they're afraid. They're, they tremble in their boots. Good, I don't see them trembling. Anytime they compromise, that's trembling. When you see someone compromising, if you dig down deep enough, they're trembling. That's wrong, folks. Demons tremble when we walk into the room. We don't tremble when they walk into the room. Has to be. Now David was the son of Erythite named Jesse, who was in Bethlehem in Judah. And Jesse had eight sons. In Saul's time, he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. Saul and the older sons were in war. Firstborn, Elab, and the second, Abinabab, and the third, Shema. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep in Bethlehem. Now we're going to bring God's warrior into this. God's warrior is a shepherd, a little sheep boy with a slingshot. Not these big men up here with, you know, trained soldiers. This is what's going to happen, folks. He's going to call you into battle. 
And you're going to go, me? But what about this guy over here that has a degree in, you know, in religion? Or what about this big time preacher over here? Do you follow what I'm saying? God can't use them. They have their glory. They have what they deserve. So God's looking for a few good men and women. He's looking for a little boy with a sling. Because he can't find anyone else. They're trembling. He gave him 40 days. He said, I'm done. I can't give you any more time. Let's get, we got to get the same. God said, I can't. Get, I'm not going to listen to this guy blast me anymore. I'm done. It's over. <clears throat> Forty days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took a stand. Now Jesse said to his son, David, take the ephah and the roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry them to the camp. Take along these ten cheeses and the commander of the unit. See how his brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of the shepherd and he loaded up and set out as Jesse directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle position, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up the lines facing each other. Again, you got good and you got evil. They're facing. It's getting closer and closer in these last days, folks. It's getting closer and closer. David left his things with the keeper's supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. When you see a child of the living God, someone in your group God has assigned you, and they have problems, you run to them. You say, how are you? What can I do for you? Can I pray for you? Because let me tell you something. At the same time, there may be people around that brother or sister that may be putting them down. And when you go to their rescue, you're going to risk Losing some friends, baby. But you see what David did? He knew good and evil. He ran to the battle lines. He wanted to see how his brothers were doing. He wasn't afraid of war. God knew that. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistines' champion from God, stepped out from the lines and shouted in his usual defiance, and David heard. Now you see, you had all these warriors listening. All this time, God's army. You got all the churches today, you know, listening to this stuff and ignoring it. You know, sexual perversion, killing babies, uh, you know, you name it. They're just listening to it. Then all of a sudden a warrior shows up, you, and you hear that same thing that they hear and you respond differently. Let's see what David did. David heard it. Verse 24. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. This is what church does. Apostate church. They flee in fear. No, they don't, David. They're still right here on the corner. (laughs) No, they're not. (laughs) No, they're not. (laughs) You know, if they could pick that church up and move it, I'm sure they would. They've been so scared of the devil. 
Now the Israelites have been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes of Israel. A lot of people say, well, this is, this is what David's listening to because he wants to, to, what's my reward? This is not what this is at all. This is about the apostate church and Christians scared to death telling you what the devil's doing to them and to you and how you need to be afraid. Don't listen to it. Don't listen to what these people are saying. Well, you, you know, you've got cancer. You, you need to, how's your, how's your cancer doing? I go, I, I don't, it ain't mine. Not that I have cancer. But they, t- they ask me, how's your sickness doing? Uh, excuse me, I don't own any sickness. It attacks me in the name of Jesus. I command it to go, right? Oh, yeah, they do this. It's subconscious, subliminal. You know, they'll come and work on you a little bit at a time to where you just feel beat up. Do not. Power of words. Do not accept it. You reject it. Get away. Get out of the room. Because they don't know what they're doing. They're so engulfed in fear that they have to lay it out on you. What is that? Misery loves company? Get out. If they're not speaking God's word, get out. Do not let the words infect you. And boy, they will infect you. David, 28, asked the man standing near him, what will be done to the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the army of God? David didn't listen to the negative of what the devil is doing to everybody. He said, what am I getting out of this? Same thing today. What am I getting out of this? I'm serving the living God. That's what I'm getting out of it. You see, when you have problems and the devil comes against you, you need to turn back and say, what's in it for me? Well, David, that's awful bold. You're sounding like Joel Osteen, aren't you? In a way, Joel's right. I have my best life now, and I have it for eternity. In fact, we should write that book. My best life now and for eternity, right? He did not pay attention to the demon's words. He went back to what am I going to get out of this, folks? When you have a problem with a demon, don't rely on you. Rely on God and say, God, what am I getting out of this? He will tell you. He say, you are my servant. You're serving the living God. I will put joy in you that's beyond belief. And no one can explain. Does that make sense? That's what's in it for you. So David said, what's in it for me? Tell me again. I want to know. What, what is it? What's in it? He wants to hear it again. See? He wants to hear it. Now, let me bring it to another level. A little bit more in the flesh, but it's okay. Uh, we're talking about... We thank God for our gathering here. And if God wants to grow it, whatever God wants to do with it. But this is what's in it for me. The glory of of worshiping God and knowing that God spoke to each one of you in dreams and in visions. And it came true. That's in it for me. I mean, can't we be honest and say, that makes me feel good? Nothing wrong with it, right? Want to hear well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Right. That's what I want to hear, too. I don't want to be lukewarm. 
and I don't want well done to take on another meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Fire. 27, they repeated to him what they had been saying and told him this, what would be done for the man who kills him. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the victory. Never the defeat. If God gives you a vision, he will give you provision. Trust me. Keep your eye on it. If he's given you, matter of fact, I'm going to stop now. Has God given you guys a vision for something that, that you're allowed to speak? Sometimes I'm not allowed to tell people what the vision is until the time is right. But has God given you all a vision on anything? I, I, don't, I don't mean a television. But has he given you a vision on something? Uh, to, uh, something to do? Anybody? So we're all visionless? Okay, oh, well, yeah. speak the truth onto this church that believes you can do anything and get to heaven, just to give them scripture that's contrary to that. And it doesn't matter what laws are passed, what people say, God's word is first, last. And okay, Opal said to tell the truth. She has a vision, a passion, a heart to tell the truth. It, through this church, right? Through God's church. Okay. So that's, that's a vision. Um, very specific. The, the vision is usually um, it, it's usually tied to a material manifestation. Okay. In other words, if I tell you I have a vision, what's your name back there? Are you Robert's son? You are. Does, does he know you're here? Yeah, it's my dad. It's good. What is it? Uh, at Aaron. Eric. Good to have you, Eric. Aaron. Aaron. Sorry, Aaron. So, Aaron, if God gives you a vision. Has he given you, has he ever given you a vision before on anything? Yeah. Are, are you a film, is he a filmmaker? Do you want to make movies? Maybe? Maybe? Yeah? Yeah, editing. Yeah, film like it. So let's say he's given you the vision. So now Aaron says, I've got a vision. So it will now manifest in the flesh. Because if you don't take the vision and it doesn't manifest in the flesh, it just becomes a thought that pops around in your head. So don't tell people about your vision unless you're ready for it to manifest in the flesh. I had a vision for this meeting tonight. But God said, take it, a take it a step further. I want it to manifest in the flesh. So I had to take a step in the flesh for it to manifest in the flesh. So when you speak words, get ready for it to manifest in the flesh. Because if you're not ready for it to manifest in the flesh, you better think twice before you speak it. And this is what we're going to find out about David. When Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him, and he asked, Why have you come down here, and with whom did you lead those few sheep with in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are, you little rascal. You are, and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch battle. Folks, when God gives you a vision, you will get slammed and put down, and the enemy will tell you everything you've done wrong now and in your past and what you're going to do wrong in the future. They will belittle you. And it usually happens first in your 
family, flesh family. Then it carries on, believe it or not, to the spiritual family. That's only because we haven't been educated in all this. See, it's human nature, and this is, we have to understand, when somebody comes and gives you, speaks a vision, that's huge. You might be going, oh, that's really great. That's awesome. But your flesh, my flesh is going, boy, I hope this doesn't happen. I don't, I, don't, I don't want this guy to go to the top here. You know, I either have to go with him or I'm going to lose him, right? You see what I'm saying? That's what his brother was doing. It was, he was belittling him. Now, Satan will do that. Satan will come and, and, and he will place thoughts in your mind. He will tell you that you are not worthy. You cannot do it. And they, it's not really God. Okay, now 29. What have I done, said David? Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the men answered him as before. He wouldn't stop. I have a vision. I'm going to be an editor. I'm going to be a filmmaker and do it for God. And people start slamming Aaron. And he's going to go hide in a cave somewhere. No, he's not going to. He's going to go to somebody else and say, I have a vision. Until he finds the the person who's going to latch on with him and walk him through it. Does that make sense? So when someone has a vision, don't just listen to their vision. Pray about it. Ask God if you're supposed to be part of the provision of that vision. Robert came to me and said he'd been praying for a church. I'd been praying for people to come. I didn't pray for a church. I had one. But I didn't have people. Well, he had some people. He didn't have a church. Do you see what I'm saying? But when you help each other out and when you assist each other and you, and, you, and you stand by each other, God always makes things happen. So think in your life what it is that you want to do or think who has come to you and see how you can help them do that. What David said was overheard, verse 31, and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on the account of his Philistine. Your servant would go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior since his youth. (laughs) There we go. The devil's too big for you. You can't do that. What's wrong with you? 34, but David said to Saul, your servant's been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. Then it turned on me. I seized it by its hair, struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Satan's going down. When, when somebody comes to you and tells you you can't do it, don't you listen to it. You go back and you pull out every miracle that has happened in your life. And you stand on it and you say the living God did this for me. He will do it again. As I do last evangelist, people laughed at me. The industry said, you're crazy. Come and do the deal with me, says Netflix. Or the other stations that I had signed deals with from hell. I said, I won't do it. God told me not to. I don't know how it's going to happen. They said, you won't get funding. God said, you go to my people. I did, and they funded it. They said, you won't have a platform to show this. God said, you will. He gave me almost 100,000 followers on YouTube, 
and a network of almost a thousand subscribers, paid subscribers, to help the network. We're still barely making it, but you know what? God's mind. So I, every time I turned a corner, it was negative. It's you can't. It hasn't been done. God said, move forward, do it. You will take out your giant. This is what David did. He went back and he told them what he had done to the lion, the bear. And then he turned it on Satan. He said, the same thing's going to happen to you, Satan. Your day has come. Fear, your day has come. Pride, your day has come. Insecurity, your day has come. He told his story. You've got to have a story. You have to have a story. Most Christians don't even have a story. What's your story? If someone asked you about your faith, what do you tell them you do? I, 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 when I speak at conferences, I do this, and I shouldn't. Because I do it. Because I need to laugh. So I call people up who are Christians. I put the mic up and I say, you're a Christian. Uh, what do you do? What do you mean? As a Christian? Yeah, you're a Christian. What do you do in Christianity? Folks, if you don't know what you're doing, how in the world? <laughs> Satan knows what you're doing more than you know what you're doing. But if you don't know what you're doing, how's anybody else going to know? You represent the body of Christ. What's your story? What is your story? Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. You see, when you try to do something, people are going to tell you you have to do it a certain way. They're going to give you their armor, their weapon. Don't you take it. Because when God created you, he gave you a very specific weapon that no one else can use, by the way. He gave you armor, and I'm not talking about the armor of God. That's someone's amen. He gave you your personalized armor that no one else can wear. The problem is, is that when we hear God's calling, we want to do it like every other Christian's done it. So we try to put their armor on, and here we are walking. We can't even stand up, and we get knocked down and look like a fool. I even tried it. God gave me a platform. You know, I preach radical. And then I had this idea, I'll go on Christian television like all these other preachers, you know. Maybe I'll fix my hair up and I'll, you know, learn how to say, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't do that. But I actually spent money. Robert, it's embarrassing. I spent money on Christian television. Because I wanted to be like Jimmy Swagger. Not really. But you know what I'm saying. I want to be on Christian television because that's where all the Christians are. Something supernatural happened. Do you want to hear what it was? We ran on television. Now, I sell a lot of product for a little guy that has a little chance. I sell a lot of product. We ran on Christian television across the United States. We sold one DVD. And got one phone call from somebody that cussed my wife out that said I was a demon because demons don't exist.
Why? Because I tried putting on somebody else's armor, folks. That ain't my battle. They can have Christian TV, if that's really what it is. God said, you got, I got a plan for you, David. What are you doing messing around over here? Here's your weapon. It ain't over there. Don't use that weapon. So then I put my hair back in order. And started just pronouncing Jesus' name the way I always did. Um, okay, he took his staff, talking about David, took his staff, chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in his pouch, shepherd's bag, and in his sling, in his hand, approached the Philistines. He used his weapon. But you see, this weapon's a slingshot. Can you imagine <laughs> Goliath looking at him and, and the Israelites going, this guy's crazy. He's lost his mind. A slingshot. Folks, when you pull your weapon out, people are, chances are going to laugh. Because it's not what people normally do. Did David laugh? Did he look at them laughing? Did he care what they said? No. He focused on the enemy. Yeah, I'm taking you out. You see this rock? Do you see your forehead? They are going to connect in your history. Meanwhile, the Philistine with this shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked at David over and he saw that he was a little more than a boy growing with uh, health and handsome and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. He said, come here. He said, I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. You see, this is what demons do to us. They come to us and then they, they disgrace us. They tell us how little we are. They laugh at us. But let's see what David did when this demon came after him. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Almighty Living God. Nothing that you have, Satan, can stand up to what I have in me, which is the power of the living God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead to the throne to offer his blood. There is no weapon formed. As long as I'm using the power of the living God. Now, this is where it gets good. Because you don't just... Now again, you don't have dialogues with demons. I'm, 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 I'm embellishing this. But you don't... Do, you know, it's very quick. Very. He stated the execution. He's reading in his rights. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I'll strike you down. I'll cut off your head. This very day I will give your carcass to the Philistine army, to the birds, and the wild animals, and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. This very day I will cut off your head. Satan, this very day you go down. Not only will you go down and I will be delivered... But the world will see it. And God will be glorified. Do you see what's happening here, folks? Do you see the correlation with all of this? 
But do you see it couldn't be done without words? This was a battle of words. Goliath is doing a, a, a mind mess on David. David wouldn't allow it. He went back and did the same thing to Satan. 47, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is in the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. When you take down a demon, you're not just taking down one, you're taking down a lot. Going back to the scenario about rejection. You're not taking down the demon of rejection. You're also taking the demon of addiction. And when you eat too much food, the demon of, of self-conscious. You see You're taking down a lot. As the Philistine moved closer to attack David, David ran quickly to the battle to meet him. Folks, you run to a demon. You don't let them come up on you to where you're cornered. When he starts taking a step, you move to him and say, that's it. In the name of Jesus, you are gone to hell. You will not return. Do not second guess it. Now, you've got to stay prayed up. And Jesus said in certain situations, fast. I don't believe Jesus was talking about don't deal with the demon, go fast 40 days and then come back. It's impossible. I don't believe Jesus is talking about leave, go and spend an hour in your prayer closet, come back and deal with the demon. Folks, demons, they don't have a lot of patience. What Jesus is talking about, you stay prayed up continuously. You stay fasted continuously. I know for me, I eat one meal a day. If I eat more than one meal a day, I am not effective. Now, I'm not telling you guys to go out and fast. I'm not encroaching on that. But I'm telling you, there has to be a separation of food at some point. Jesus talked about this. Reaching to his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it. He struck at the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead. He fell face down to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with the sling and stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine. He killed him. You don't need anything else except the power of God in you. That's all you need. That's all. A command to healing in the name of Jesus. The power of God. Demon, you have no right. You're gone. The power of God. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and they ran. Yeah, demons do that. Once you take out a demon, they get scared. Because they go, this guy, this girl, understands authority. We got a problem. 52, then the men of Israel and Judah surged toward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of the end. This makes me sick. These guys shaking for 40 days. Little boy takes them out. They go down. They should go home. This makes me ill. But this is what happens. You're going to take down a demon. Everybody will come and, you know, that's okay. You just go to God with it and say, God, you know, whatever you want to do in this, you know, whatever you want to do. And then I'm going to paraphrase the rest of this. He didn't stop at hitting him with the stone. He went over, he took off the breastplate, and he cut his head off. 
You see, folks, you can't play with a demon. You have to go all the way. You have to kill. That demon has to go back to hell. You cannot play with a demon. I've seen too many people do it. Demon, get off of her in the name of Jesus. You are delivered. What's the mistake in that? You have not commanded that demon where to go, and that demon has no right to come back. You must use your words. That's what David did. He went up. You've got to cut the devil's head off. You've got to finish him off. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. If we could all stand. Lord, thank you for loving us this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this recorded document of little David, of how he stood against, against the evil one, so that we might be able to see how your character and how your power operates. Lord, I know you spoke to me tonight that I need to deal directly with my demons. I need to send them back to hell and tell them not to return. Lord, right now, each and every person standing in this, in this space, in this place, would you show us, Lord, what we're really fighting. When Jesus asked your son, they said, what, what's your name? They said, Legion, we are many. Father, we're asking right, I'm asking right now to expose each and every person's demon. Show us, Lord, the battle that is raging around us. We know that we have angels but convict us right now. It might be unforgiveness. It might be pride. Self-consciousness. Depression, Lord. We repent, Father. We repent that we have not stood up and battled that demon the way we need to. But tonight, Father, at least I'm making a commitment that I'm going to stand up and I won't back down. And when I see my brother and sister having a problem, and though they're not marching with the status quo and you call me to help them, Father, please give me the courage and the wisdom to stand with them. I surrender, Lord. I surrender to you. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender. Let's just praise God.
Whatever you have, you need to surrender tonight. I want you to give to the Lord. Just speak to Him right where you are. Lord, take my fear. Take my insecurity. Take my anger. Take my rage. I surrender, Lord. I lay it at your feet. anyone out there needs prayer, I just um, want you to raise your hand if you, if you need prayer. Just lift your hand up if you need prayer. Would you come up here, please? Anyone that needs prayer, come on up. What's your name? David. David's a good name. That's a good name. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Let's go to the Lord in prayers. Anybody else need prayer? This is a time that God, God wants us to come clean. You know, they've taken altars out of the church. This devil doesn't want us to repent anymore. He wants us to think we're okay. But we're broken people. you put your hands out. Lord, I pray for these two brothers on each side of me. Father, they, they have humbled their hearts yes. to come before the throne. Yes. That you would not be ashamed of those who aren't ashamed of you. Father, I'm asking for a supernatural miracle. A supernatural blessing on these two men of God standing up here. Father, right now I'm asking that you give them the consciousness of authority yes. and the understanding of the authority that leads into the power. They have your power. They, you can't give them something they already have, but I'm asking, Father, that power is now stirred up. That they will walk into a room and demons will tremble. Amen. Yes, that they have the mind of Christ, that their discernment will be at high level. High levels. You have chosen these men to be recons, to be green berets, to be Navy SEALs yes. in their own right. Yes. 
that they will be sent out to perform a very specific mission that's above and beyond just the body of believers yes. to protect the body to warn the body and to destroy the demon. Father, I'm asking right now, standing on the blood of Jesus, I'm asking in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that you now allow them to utilize this power and authority in a way they have never done. Any demon that is around, you have no right to these men. You are now gone back to the pits of hell and you will not return. There is no evil that can come against these men of God and take them down. We thank you, Father, for giving your angels to us as protection. And as they go about, I'm not sure if it's to their families or their workplace, but it's someone in their circle they've been dealing with, it will be a whole other story. Because when they walk in there, there'll be a little boy with a slingshot that's going to take out a demon. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. You've got a good round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Faith, would you mind coming up here and close us in prayer, please? If you stand right here, I'm going to lower the camera so they can see you. Okay. This right here, folks, is our future uh, pastor. Uh, I got it. Can you see yourself in there? You can? Can you see yourself? Okay. There you go. Perfect. Surrounding this yes. church, and Thank every you. person, and they go home, the Lord will talk to them and show pictures of yes. where they will be at in their dreams. And the Holy Ghost will guide them and surround them. In Jesus' name. Yeah. All right. All right. I love you guys. Um, just like David slew the Goliath, little faith slew the demons with her prayers. God bless you all. Love you. Oh boy, I've never done that before. That's awesome. Let's see.